to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. Uh, if you hear a background hum, we have a fan going because it's about 2,000 degrees. Um, that's only a little hyperbolic. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today's episode is not necessarily pagan life. There will be elements that we're going to loop in to kind of give you some examples of how you could work maybe with some of these things. But mm-hmm. but um, generally speaking, this episode is not a pagan life one, but it is definitely a weird one. We're going <laughs> to talk about cryptids today. Mm-hmm. And the reason I love cryptids is I love the idea that the world is still unexplored yeah and a cryptid naturally lends you to the concept that the world is still unexplored that there are still so many new things to to learn out there and we know that there are we're constantly discovering new species we're constantly finding species we thought were extinct um and we haven't explored more of the ocean than i am comfortable thinking about while i'm (laughs) while i'm sober that's right have another drink (laughs) So a lot of cryptids, especially a lot of the ones that we're going to be talking about in this episode, because we're not even remotely going to be able to touch on a percentage of them. Yeah. There's just every culture out there has cryptid stories Mm -hmm. and cryptids for most North Americans, which we are North American. um, Most cryptids are something of an urban legend or a creepypasta or you know story time Mm -hmm. but a lot of cryptids have long-standing hundreds and thousands of year old traditions like I said for me I enjoy cryptids because I like looking at the myth and the creation stories that surround them I like watching how I like hearing how they've adapted over time to fit the needs of the people who are telling the story in that moment yeah we've and we all you know if I say cryptid you're going to have one that's your favorite I don't know a single even non you know even the most rational person will have a favorite even if it's the favorite one they like to argue doesn't exist exactly you know what I mean yeah so some famous ones that almost everyone knows about Loch Ness or Nessie um, I love Nessie because Loch Ness is where my uh, ancestral home is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, or Yeti, they're all kind of under the same umbrella. They're all an ape-like, fur-covered humanoid. Yeah. And those have been spotted all over the world. I, am, I don't think that there's much, many places that don't have a similar, yeah, a yeah. similar animal. Yeah. Creature, whatever. Mothman is gaining a lot of traction recently, and that's in part to a movie from the early 2000s. I think it starred Deborah Messing. I don't know why that popped into my head right then. <laughs> um, but and, and so many local areas, like so many, especially more isolated areas, have their own creatures. So like you've got the swamp ape, but then... I know of people who live just outside or just off the bayous that are like, no, what we have isn't skunk man or swamp bait. What we have is something different. 
and like we're from the Pacific Northwest, so we're all like, nope, it is definitely Bigfoot. Yeah, or Sasquatch. I promise you it is. Um, there are a couple of cryptids that we, I absolutely refuse to speak about because the indigenous peoples of that area have asked people not to. They're so scared of them that they're convinced oh, that those by creatures, speaking. by speaking them, you speak them to, you call them to you. Yeah. And um, I'm just not invested in doing that yeah. to anybody, to any culture. I'm not going to do that. So that's why you're not going to hear of a couple of them that I know people are going to be like cryptids. I want to hear about this. We're not going to do those. And I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm going to start off with a couple of smaller ones because I know our two bigger, like our two big final ones are going to take up time because <laughs> we're both excited to tell, to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in very rural Northern Washington and for vacations, we would go up into British Columbia to Lake Osoyoos where we would stay on the lake and I thought it was always really weird that they would have signs all over down by the lake. Uh, watch out for Ogopogo. Watch out for Ogopogo. Like you would get, you could go buy Ogopogo stuffed animals. And Ogopogo is a lake monster, much like Nessie, who lives in Lake Osoyoos. I checked my facts. I knew I wasn't right when I wrote my notes. <laughs> um, so is it an eel-like or yeah, yeah. real similar to? Okay. Yeah, very similar to Nessie. It's, okay. It's very, yeah, eel-like in that it's ribbon-ish yeah, shape. Yeah, up and down. Um, I have not seen it, but, oh, I would spend hours out on the lake looking for it. Yeah. Like, I wanted to, and this was back when I was 14, 15, 16, like, so I've I always been it. this weird. So, uh, and I'm old now, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, I, I picked this one because it was so it permeated the culture of the town mm -hmm. and it wasn't like they were, it wasn't like Loch Ness where they were making millions of dollars off of yeah. tourist money. They were making tourist dollars, but those tourist dollars were actually from things like water skiing and yeah. um, water sports competitions that they were having on the lake. And Ogopogo was kind of like this honorary mascot, but people weren't going there to see him. Yeah. So it People, wasn't widely known. Yeah. And so, so having all of this attention on this thing was a very s local thing. The locals had the attention on this thing because the locals were the ones seeing Ogopogo. And I always thought that, and I thought that that was really interesting yeah. because Nessie, like the locals have had stories for a long time of this thing in the lake, in Loch Ness, but it wasn't until around the turn of the century that people like it became a tourist thing and now people specifically go to Loch Ness yeah that wasn't the case yeah with Lake Osoyoos interesting and now I have there is a video out there um I haven't seen it for a couple of years I went looking for it this morning um I couldn't find it I could find similar ones but I wasn't this wasn't the, the one, one you were looking for but there is a video out there it was taken I want to say in the 80s um, so it looks like it was recorded with a potato, but there, it's definitely something huge in the lake that looks very eel-like and it's very, it's massive. And the water, the amount of water it's disrupting was very, wow. I, I, I remember that. This next one I want to talk about, uh, is the Kraken and why the Kraken? Well, the Kraken is a mythological creature. Like it's in Greek mythology, hmm. uh, that 
has been proven to be a real thing, but not in the way you think. Well, not in the way the ancient Greeks thought, at yeah. least. <laughs> so the Kraken is a mythological creature that is squid-like, like with multi-tentacled massive. It can rip a boat to shreds, mm. I think. If I'm re- I think Odysseus encountered one, but I, it's been literally decades since I was forced to read the Greek stuff. But the Kraken, the, it has a basis in reality. So sailors were sailing out into whatever. Sailors were sailing and, you know, getting braver because their ships are getting better and, you know, and ships aren't coming back or, or lifeboats are coming. Well, lifeboats such as they were, you know, things are coming back. Sailors are coming back telling stories of this creature that reared up and destroyed their ship. And like, there's documentation for a Kraken. And then it kind of went away. Like as ships got bigger, Obviously, it's not going to attack something that it can't kill. Yeah. But science has given us a giant squid, and giant squids are freakishly huge. They spoop me, and I don't like them. <laughs> the tentacles. Ugh. But there's evidence that there's this mythological creature that literally has a basis in actual reality and yeah. actual science. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to bring up the Kraken because when we get into the, especially the big two that we're going to talk about later, <laughs> we don't have all of the evidence for all of the things that exist in this world. Yeah. Most of us have heard of a Cupacabra, Chupacabra, not a hundred percent sure. I've heard it said both ways. So, uh, is a Mexican or American Southwest, but also Puerto Rican because the first stories came from Puerto Rico. Oh, when I was doing re- research for this, I discovered that the first story uh, came out of Puerto Rico in about the mid-1990s. So a cupacabra, chupacabra, is a goat ear. That's the literal translation of the word. And um, it was the reason, allegedly, that farmers were finding their livestock drained of all of their blood. Like, well, there was also an outbreak of mange and potentially rabies and you know, these other actual animal diseases that could have gotten, that could have infected dogs and the dogs would have lashed out, killed indiscriminately, potentially, especially if they had rabies. Yeah. Um, like there's any number of reasons that they may have killed the livestock and just left it behind. Most of the time, the livestock wasn't actually drained of all its blood. It is a a good way to explain how your animals are dying in a way that's out of your control. Yeah. It goes back to the myth. Yeah. The reason yeah. this happens is because of that. And if you saw if you saw a dog that's infected with um, mange, you'd be like, ew, what is that? Or a coyote, because coyotes are weird looking anyway. Yeah. I stand by that. They are weird. Yeah, I don't like coyotes. So that... Brings us to one of Kristen's favorite, the Mothman. <laughs> no, I hate the Mothman. <laughs> I am so, I don't. I guess you say favorite. You're uh, one that creeps you out the most. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I will watch ghost videos all day. Uh, very rarely do they scare me or shock me or 90% of the time they're fake. You know, like. Ghost videos, whatever, all day long. You want to send me videos of your Bigfoot sighting? I'm in. Send them all. Send them all day. Yeah. 
send all of the videos of whatever, except please never send me videos of aliens, <laughs> zombies, or Mothman. Darn, please. I guess I'll have to delete that email. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I didn't. <gasps> yes, yeah, so Mothman, large flying man with 10-foot wingspan with glowing red eyes, preceding disasters. So that gives you a reason to be creeped out. My business partner actually saw the Mothman, but he didn't know it at the time. He's an Oregon boy, but he lived in New York for a couple of years. Couldn't quite get used to that all beaches are not open to the public, so him and his fiance would drive out to Long Island, try to, he doesn't give up easily, so he kept trying to find a beach. So finally they couldn't find a beach to get down and walk on the sand, and he pulled over, and in his rearview mirror, he saw glowing red eyes. So, so he just saw him in the mirror, he glanced back, it went along the back of his car, and then he saw it on the driver's side. At first he was writing it off as like a dog, and then he's like, no, I saw the eyes, and it was up higher, and it was really black, so couldn't have been any animal that I could think of. Move ahead a couple of days, his fiance says, hey, there was a plane crash right, right near us. And he goes, he goes, I looked out the window thinking, was it right here? And she goes, no, where we were the other day on the beach. So he didn't think anything more of it. And then years later, we went to see Mothman Prophecies. He didn't know anything other than it's some kind of horror film. And as the movie progresses and finds out what the Mothman is, he just went, oh, that's what I saw. And it preceded a plane crash. So it was kind of the same thing with Point Pleasant in the 60s where they kept seeing them and then they had the big bridge collapse. The Yeah, the bridge. And I had read somewhere in the researching of this kind of, I think it was a, a YouTube video where somebody really did a good deep dive and I wish I had jotted down what it was. But I, if I recall, there's actually a sighting earlier than Point Pleasant. There was, I, I want to say there was a mining disaster. Right. Okay, good. I wasn't. So it wasn't just the one thing, but I think that is what gave it so much publicity. Well, there was Point Pleasant, but then there's been other sort of more individual. Like, the thing with Point Pleasant is many people saw Mothman before. Two, yeah, the two young couples saw yeah. first. And, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing with cryptids. And, and that's going to be a thing, especially when we tell um, our final two stories, because I think we're going to do Dogman next and then do the last two. But um, I, our brains are so wired to make sense of our world. And so, you know, before we had sci really good science and scientific method and a lot of the technology that we have to explain things, our brains are so wired to make sense of them that we would create thunder deities to explain why there's lightning and thunder in the sky you know you can you can observe when there's a crack of thunder there's almost always a crack of lightning you can observe that with your eyes like we're not so we create myth and we create stories and I think what we're gonna find is that urban legends and creepy pastas and these other things that are happening in our time, even though we're watching them and we know they're not real. Like we all know Slender Man isn't real, but one of the greatest things I've ever read, I read this week. Oh really? No. <laughs> no, he bores me. Um, uh, oh really? On Slender Man? No. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, it was the thing I read to you yesterday on the, over the phone. The, um, someone was asked what the creepiest sound they had ever heard in the forest was. And this person said, it's not a sound. It's the complete absence of a sound where there's in, when you're in the, when you're in a natural environment, when you're in the woods or a meadow, even like when you're out in the wilds, there's all sorts of noises. There's birds, there's insects, there's animals, there's all sorts of living creatures. And when it goes silent, that means they're scared. And if they're scared, you should be scared too. And, and he goes on to say, the writer goes on to say, and you know, sometimes you'll, you'll pick up on it where you'll be, you'll walk a little faster to get to your car and you'll notice there's an extra set of footprint steps. And if you stop suddenly, you can catch that extra step. Or if you if you hold very 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 still and are very 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 silent, you can hear voices that are not speaking a language you know, yeah. or are not human voices. And I think for people, especially since so many of us have never been in isolated wilderness, yeah. <laughs> you can't understand how weird. It is, and it because I grew up, I, I worked on a cattle ranch one summer that was very far away from the nearest house. It was at least 15 minutes from the nearest, from our ranch to the next home. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was at least, it was a, at least a half an hour into town. And then it was another half an hour to the grocery store. So it was an hour away from a grocery store. It was isolated. Yeah. And... When I say I've seen weird things, what I mean is the silence can be terrifying yeah. because it's, it's, it's literally sensory deprivation silence. Yeah. Um, I've seen tracks that don't make sense. I've seen, I've, I know for a fact that a bear crossed right by our camp that was full of cows and horses and dogs and that there should have been noticed yeah and it was not yeah because no one woke up nothing nothing moved and, yeah horses would freeze. the horses would have spooked yeah definitely. and and it was a bear it was a normal bear it was a normal bear are you sure yes because because we found the poop <laughs> maybe it's a, a bigfoot bear <laughs> Although that would be cute, and I would die wanting to boop its snoot. Anyway, yes. dog man. Silence. <laughs> dog man. So I, you know, actually, I never heard of dog man. Who knew? And doing the research on Bigfoot, it came to us a show that talked about it, too. They said it started in the written history in the 1800s, but I think that was for the United States. Mm -hmm. Because when we get later in, um, I'll get into it later, where I think that actually it goes back into, because they have ancient tapestries that... There's three or four people and a dog man. I mean, oh, yeah. ancient yeah. type of street. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, um, actually. Like they really <laughs> didn't freak me out because they're not by me and not much freaks me out. But when you have gravestones that says <laughs> death by human dog, not just one, wasn't just someone with a sense of humor, there is gravestones out there, death by a human dog. And we don't mean a Chad. Like we're not talking no. a Chad, we're not talking frat boys, we're not talking that kind of dog. No. But we do, like, everybody knows werewolves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But this, yeah. 
um, this seems to have a little different. The weird thing is they're spotted most by water, cornfields, and graveyards. Cornfields. This is why you don't trust Iowa. Don't plant, don't plant corn. They're said to be eight to nine feet tall. That's a pretty freaking big. Oh, that's not a werewolf. The other thing is people have heard them talk, but not English. And one man swore it was Egyptian, which brings me back to the ancient Anubis. Anubis, exactly. Um, they've been hit by bullets and barely flinch, just like us throwing a pebble at them. But yeah, interesting to think, what is it with the cornfields? Like, are they water? You can see graveyards. Not quite sure. Maybe they're maybe they're checking their ancestors to see how many killed back in the day. All I can think of, I and all I can think of is is Bugs' first summer when we had corn in the front yard and I dressed him <laughs> as a child of the corn. Child of the corn. Well, this You're is so this is cute. dog of the corn. Um, they have evidence of the footprint. Mm -hmm. But it has like the three, the paws, but then the back part of the foot is actually touching the ground. So it has the top, like you would see a dog print, but then the foot comes down like a, and they said because of the way they're walking, standing up, the other part that's always up in the ground is now in a footprint. Yeah, so um, it was really interesting, but that. The thing that got me was <laughs> death by human dog. I, I don't mess with dogmen. And I think, well, I love a lot of our death imagery anyway, and like how we have historically treated it. But that is an episode for a different time. That's right. I um I, I like the tie-in with with an actual deity. Like, yeah. If well, that he thought if, it was speaking Egyptian. Well, which was so. If we presume, yeah. Okay that dogmen are a species and that there are populations of them or whatever and they were able to learn language which they obviously have if there's the story saying they were speaking egyptian it would it could very easily track that at some point in our very distant past before we had written history and before we had firm you know before the egyptian um mythos was firmly entrenched in ancient Egypt, right? Yeah. It had to develop at some point. Yeah. Um, from somewhere. What, what if Anubis was the leader of a clan of dogmen that traded with the ancient Egyptians before, you know? Well, I'm glad you brought up traded because there's evidence or stories on how the it was pilgrims or whatever they, from the 1800s, not pilgrims, um, traded with these. So they actually traded like spices and fabric and, and different stuff. So it's interesting that you that put that up. Right by my. That's what we have on Dogman. Look it up there. It's an interesting one that um, I had never heard of before. I like that. I like that. And like I said, one of the things that one of the things that I love about cryptids is that especially now with the internet and the sharing of stories and videos and videos we're learning many many new things about science and our universe yes but we're also changing our mythos yep and as someone who is an actually trained anthropologist that is what my degree is in how I am watching this objectively 
most of the time <laughs> saying, okay, so, you know, however many years ago, I want to say it was 2004, Slender Man, the first creepypasta story. Well, it's great because, because we actually can trace Slender Man specifically back. Yeah. Right? There is a, re I want to say it was Reddit, but it might have been 4chan. I don't remember exactly. Um, but there was a post and it was a story. Somebody wrote a story. It was absolutely fiction. It was always intended to be fiction. Yeah. But people ran with it. And now we have this creature in our modern lexicon. And it is not quite the level of mythology, except that we have the Slender Man murders. Yeah. And I don't want to get into that. I, um, that is an incredibly tragic story of, oh, at the uh, end replicas. of the day, how terribly we treat mental health in yeah. our country. But this concept entered the mythos enough that when that happened, people were like, yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. And it's just a fascinating thing to, to watch the narrative. And on, the, on that, well, it may, and one more thing as far as what yeah. we're talking about. It reminded me, I was watching a ghost show and they thought this house was haunted and the people that lived there and, and other ghost hunters and that like gave it a power. And then they, it was um, kindred spirits. And they said, you know what? Let's throw some facts out there and see if that becomes life into this poltergeist, we're gonna call it. So they gave it a name and a whole backstory, and then it started, and the EVPs, it started repeating back that it was David, that it did this, that it did that. And so they manifested. And I've seen that happen on a couple of other ghost hunting things where they're like, you know, um, oh, um, on Haunt Me, which, uh, love, 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 love. It's a YouTube series. Check them out. They're amazing. I love them. They did it Fox. I, I can never quite say that word correctly. Um, now, traditionally, those are Jewish. They are a closed practice. They are meant to house demons that have bothered Jewish families. There is ritual around it. So these new ones that you can buy on the internet are almost guaranteed to be fakes. Yeah. And that's what they, they were like, yes, this probably did start out fake. It is old, but it's not as old as it claims. But because so many people fed it this concept, mm -hmm. this, this, this power they manifested they kept, it. And, and whether you want to say pragmatically that the people who fed it this power were also self-fulfilling prophecies where they would suddenly start noticing all the bad things that were happening to them or whatever or creating them or what, whatever you want to say like how we, or is it an actual entity yeah i'm not here to make that yeah. not on this episode yeah but i think let's say i'll miss giving power to things can actually manifest yeah. exactly things that before were actual myths that now yes yes it's yes. yes. interesting okay does that bring us which one do we want to do next? Bigfoot. Okay, do Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Um, I, I should have wrote this guy's name down. It just amazed me that he spent $500,000 of his own money in five years of research. And this whole team of them, they're called like Foursquare. I'm assuming probably all got together because they all had mutual kind of experiences and then got together to do the research. But they have at least, of the ones they talked about, three DNA samples. 
And he said, if you send it to a public, a regular lab, like you can't tell them because they'll immediately write it off. And you say, I don't know what this DNA sample, or there's a woman, um, what was her name? Melva Kitchen. She has her own lab that mm -hmm. she's done that. And they've found part human DNA in all the samples. Of course, the ones that go through a regular lab just say, mm -hmm. oh, it's contaminated. It's contaminated because there's contaminated. human DNA. Yeah, so there's various theories on that, whether 16,000, wherever it was years ago when the comet hit, they had that whole theory about interspecies mating for just survival. To go survival. Yeah. yeah, so. Um, and we do know, we do have evidence archaeologically that as Neanderthal, um, Homo sapien Neanderthal antis was dying out, there was interbreeding or at least commingling in sites where. And by commingling, I mean Neanderthal was living with or next to Homo sapiens sapien, yeah. which is us. If you aren't aware, we are Homo sapiens sapiens. And, you know, archaeologically and, and just realistically, there's never going to be a missing link found because that's not how evolution works. And I'm not here to debate evolution. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I am telling you, I promise you, that is not how it works. <laughs> it is not a nice, smooth line. There's yeah. breaks, there's jaunts, there's... And if you've ever followed a stream, <laughs> that's like you start at one point and you end up at a completely different point, and then you backtrack and you go a completely other point when you take a branch off of here, and basically that is evolution. Uh, wow, that was a really good analogy. That was good. That was very good. <laughs> yeah, so... But, and, and if you think of it everywhere, I can, like I said, I cannot think of a single large culture that does not have some sort of Bigfoot story yeah. in some sense. Like okay. Yeti is Tibetan, um, in Alaska, Chinese, yeah, there's, uh, I have seen, I'm reasonably certain that I almost hit one with my car. That would not have been good. I was uh, driving home via a mountain pass that is very curvy, bendy, twisty. But I've driven it, I have driven it so many times that it's second nature. Um, and uh, it was dusk time. It was late because it was spring. And I came around, a, I came around a big sweeping bend and there was this enormous creature. And I mean, it was on all fours, right? And it was larger than my car. Wow. And it really, it, yes, could it have been a grizzly? Well, probably not, because there hadn't been grizzly sightings anywhere near that area. And that area is not heavily populated, but it is heavily visited. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like there's ski resorts up there and there's lots of camping stuff up there. And like so if they're live year, year hunting, yeah. yeah. If there was, if there was a grizzly, like somebody would have been like, oh, hi, saw grizzly tracks, like be aware. Yeah. Right. And there had been no grizzly sightings for years. Um, it was absolutely not a moose because moose don't live there. And there was no gap between the road and the body. Like a moose is all laid. Oh yeah. Big. Yeah. Like a moose, there's, there's, you can walk under a moose. I can, I'm short. Like, yeah. moose are, no, it was not Huge. a moose. But I also, when it happened, I slammed on my brakes, obviously. It sauntered across the road and went down into the 
crevasse, I kept looking for it and it was gone. It just was gone when it went down into the road. Yeah. Um, I didn't hit it, but I drove away knowing that had I hit it, everyone in the car would have been dead, not from the impact, but from it eating us. Yeah. And I was just sure of it. I was convinced of it. Absolutely, 100% believe that Bigfoot could exist. 100%. Oh yeah, there's too much evidence, too many videos, too DNA evidence. The other uh, things I thought was really interesting, um, ELF, extremely low frequencies. And they've watched them from a distance, and a lot of this they get, um, I think they also got from the Navajos. They could see them controlling a herd of elk and deer, because that's their main... And I just want to interject that ELF is extremely low frequency, and we have science for that, in that that is how elephants communicate via long distances. Yeah. So just that's, yeah, that's a factual that. thing that exists. So, so they also think they have ESP awareness, and they have the ability to make animals or even humans freeze. People have been in camps. They've seen the Bigfoot. They froze, and not just because they were scared and they froze, and then mosey on through the camp, and as soon as they left, they could move again. Mm -hmm. And they've seen the same thing with herds of animals. And they think they actually domesticated them and had their own breeding program and everything. Other thing, they're spotted burying their dead and putting objects in the grave. That is not something I don't think a regular animal would do. Like Well, but it only furthers evidence for Bigfoot, which is yeah. the only reason I'm bringing it up. There's recent evidence that some groups of chimpanzees I want to say specifically the bonobos, which is a subset. They don't bury, right? They don't, they don't bury their dead, but they lay them out and cover them and give offerings. So there is, and we do know that crows do that too. Yeah. And we crows all know. Crows are highly intelligent. Yeah. yeah. So, but that only furthers the argument yeah. that these are highly intelligent creatures. Yeah. That. Don't, don't want to be with us. They can um, smell up to two miles away, see even further, so they're fully capable of staying away from us if they want. Um, unbelievable speed. I've seen some videos where he showed they were up in the snow and they had um, their bison or something, and then showed there was four or five of them, and then, like, seconds, they were, I like... know that video. It is spoopy. Yeah, they're way over. So, um... And not only that, that they were running that fast, but none of the animals near them even looked up. Yeah. So I don't know what their issue is there. The thing well, that was coolest today is I saw three maps. They had a map of the United States with all the Bigfoot sightings. They had another map of caves. Yes. And, it, and then the third map, guess what it is? 411. Yes which ties into my theory, not so much that the Bigfoot are stealing these children and people everywhere, but that maybe it's multidimensional. Yes. And they're being taken in. They even have a video of a kid screaming, like he's got his mouth covered and then just nothing. And then the ones that they I find, like, like how many stories. hundreds of miles later? Yeah. Yeah. With no shoes. And so I, it's my theory they are multidimensional, and that's why you see them and then you don't. Uh, and they also run pretty damn really fast. fast. But explain, I mean, I believe that of a lot of creatures. And, I mean, I've worked in woods where there's been multiple Bigfoot sightings. Like, uh, yeah, 
Well, you, yeah, it's, that's Bigfoot country up there. I and obviously here, where'd you say you saw the today? So I right. looked up a map because I miles love, from here. I love the idea of Bigfoot. Like you would not believe. I really love the idea of Bigfoot. Um, so um, we have we live by a huge reservoir, and it is it is actually pretty populated. Yeah. Um, and um, the reservoir sort of sits in between our town and a smaller town, and there's all sorts of farmland and uh, people have been using the reservoir for summer activities and yeah. for probably since the day it was built yeah. um, there's there's a dam out there like there's there's human funny. activity out there so I looked up a map because I'm me and I love a good map I looked up a map for Bigfoot sightings and the site that I found only had them up to 2018 but there was a sighting on the reservoir um, and you click the little button um, and it pulls up what they have the information they have and it was a man who said he remembered seeing something at the lakeside at the shore oh wow um in 77 mm. so it was probably definitely less populated but not yeah. you know it was still there i went there in 77 so he saw something it was huge he said it was definitely eight feet tall and it was all covered in fur oh, and he saw it sitting down by the reservoir and then i saw another sighting that said uh out the other direction so our little town is sandwiched between two mountain ridges or two mountain ranges <laughs> His ridges too. I mean, yeah, no. And if you drive, literally, if you drive through our town, through the next town, by the time um, you, it's instantaneous. It is very sudden. You are population, there's houses, there's stuff, and then there is nothing. Yeah. And it's instant. I mean, it is sudden. And there was a siding just off the freeway, highway, not freeway, highway, out that way. And then I discovered that there was a sighting up by one of my friend's houses where I grew up, like literally on her property. Oh my goodness. And I, cause I, I was looking, oh, well, I, you know. I know these areas. This is, this is very remote. Like the town I grew up in has 1500 people. I'm gonna see, you know, cause it's not that far from the cattle ranch where I saw some weird stuff. So let's see just, what's the closest sighting? Her house. Like, wow. what? It wasn't her house. It was on the other side of her property. But still, I just remember going, we, um, we've made bad choices up in that area. <sighs> I, you know. I'm, and I've seen on some shows, the only, I think the only people that have to um, fear them is if you're aggressive to them. Because one lady, she was there with her, no, she was by herself. She was in a campsite. And one came up with a baby. And she almost had this, ESP kind of connection with them of just love and and peace and everything and most of the research done if you go out with a gun or I yeah that's when you have to just like I would just want to boop it to boop do just talk to me yeah hi we're friends that's Bigfoot um I love Bigfoot okay and so our last one is a newer one it is a newer creation but no, 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 uh, the reason I love this is I actually have an encounter with this yes. particular cryptid. And I'm calling it a cryptid, and I'll get into why after I tell my encounter. It's so black-eyed children. 
a lot of people are freaked out by black-eyed children. Now, traditionally, black-eyed children will show up on your doorstep in the middle of the night, knocking on your door, asking for entry into your home. They will be between the ages of about eight and at the oldest, 14 is usually what you hear. Um, they, you won't see their faces, like they'll, they'll have their heads down and you won't like be make, can can make we, eye contact. Can we come in, can we come in? They're, they'll speak very monotone. Um, but they'll try to get entry into your house. And if they gain entry into your house, that's when the bad things happen. And there's loads and loads of stories about this. My encounter was not at my house. <laughs> that's probably a good thing. Um, I was driving home from a baby shower and I had two other people in the car with me. It was about 10 o'clock at night, mid-October, mountainous area, I'm driving through the mountain range, one of the mountain ranges that, mm -hmm. you know, that we're by, I was driving literally through the whole thing <laughs> to get home and out literally out in the middle of nowhere out. There's nothing out on this stretch of highway. There are not, there are camps, but you turn off the road and you go 10 or 15 miles. Like yeah. there's not a lot along this stretch of highway. Yeah. Driving along, it's 10 o'clock at night, mid October. I drive by, drive by these two very blonde young girls, between eight and 14, absolutely, definitely. The older one might have been 16, but I doubt it. There's an older one, there's a younger one. They're both very, very blonde. Their hair is braided in uh, braids on either side of their face. And they're wearing sundresses, like 90s. In October. Yeah, 90s style sundresses with the little choker like everybody had the little choker, they had the chokers. And like, I could see all of that, like clear as, de clear as day, I could see that. And I'm just like, huh. And I keep driving because my brain, and Nancy will attest, like Nancy knows this, I will see things that aren't there. Like there's a car crash that happened on the freeway yeah. that we used to drive past all the time. This car crash happened probably decades ago and I can see it at a certain time of day. Like I can see it clear as day. There's a fake road out by her house that I have to remind myself every time I drive to Nancy's house. Don't turn down the <laughs> fake road. It's not a fake road. It used to be a road. It's not there anymore. So I, like I see these things all the time. I see ghosts all the time. I see, and usually I'll just be like, did you see the thing that's not there? And especially with the other person, one of the other people that was in the car with me, I would have not normally just been like, <laughs> did you see that? Oh my goodness. But I didn't say anything. Like my gut said, don't say anything. And we drove several miles, probably five or 10 miles. And she just goes, you want to talk about the girls that were back there? And I'm like, oh, you saw them. I just assumed they were ghosts and I wasn't going to upset anybody in the car. Yeah. From the back seat, her very skeptical husband went, oh no, they were there. Yeah. We should probably talk about that. And I'm like, no, we should absolutely the flip not talk about that. <laughs> I've always black called them black-eyed children because they do not, they, they should not have been there. Yeah. They absolutely should not have been there. It yeah. was too cold. It was too dark. Yeah. It was too far away from anything. And, yeah. yeah. Now, the thing with black-eyed children is the first sightings are from the early night or from the mid-90s. So right around the time the internet starts picking up steam and you start getting stories about these tragedies happening and da 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 da. Well, the thing with a black-eyed ch child is it requires permission to enter your home. It can't just... Like a vampire. Like a vampire. But one of the theories that is kind of circulating around 
amongst crypto cryptozoologists is they we used to have tradition and this is it's a European tradition it is a an American especially an American South tradition of meeting devils at a crossroad but we don't have crossroads anymore and we don't have access to those things yeah. and you know a devil needs you to meet him at the crossroads so he can get your soul like yeah. that's kind of their shtick can't just take it yeah he can't just take they can't just take it they have to they have to make you a deal and to so go down to georgia he was looking so, to make a deal <laughs> so the thing with a devil has always been they can take human form but there's something wrong with it that's why you can have this dapper dapper man with cloven hooves yeah because they can't quite get it right like that's one of the rules and and yeah and and the thing with the thing with the devil is they have to follow rules yeah. like there's very very strict rules to being a devil I guess I don't really know yeah. um, I'm not one um, but a black-eyed child is gonna look exactly like a child except their eyes are gonna be all black not just the color black they're the whites of their eyes are black like they're all black and so we have two things here we either have a desire to explain why someone has passed away suddenly without any reason right yeah like this young kid died in his sleep oh well he answered the door late too late one night and a black you know or we have a change in a mythos where we're adapting an already known creature to our modern times or an actual already known creature is adapting to our modern times one or the other i mean it can be both too like i don't care or, yeah something another dimension yeah yeah, yeah. that's something we really don't have like bigfoot and dogman there is dna evidence in that out there um probably even nessie or something they probably could get evidence but that i think that's so new that there's no no evidence or were they ever caught on video i saw stories but no i have never seen actual video i hear and would they show up on film that's a good question i mean i wasn't recording because i don't that I'm driving yeah and it was the intrepid it did not warrant a dash cam yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know there was yeah. no reason for me to record now so many people have have ring doorbells and things like that are we going to catch them or so in that area was there any houses no 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 because it's that stretch when you turn yeah from that one yeah that, that i missed yeah yeah if you, if you miss your, your oh you man oh, that whole that whole well we narrowly avoided a car accident because i missed the turnoff and i had to go several miles yeah. one direction to be able to loop around and get back well when we came back there was a car accident that had clearly just happened that probably would have been we would have been involved in yeah um thankfully the cops were already there but um and it it wasn't hideous but yeah still um at, at, but it's 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 pat it was past that past that turn or that junction mm -hmm. um 15 16 miles or so okay. and it's just that stretch of absolutely nothing mm -hmm. and and later when we did come into town like right when you're coming into town there's that tiny little almost town yeah um there was a drunk man in overalls just 
standing in the middle of the street. But that was a real person and he was really drunk. <laughs> but like there was, there is literally no reason. Yeah. Yeah, you wonder if they changed their, their game. Like, because would an average person stop and say, do you need a ride, honey? And I think, I think most do not stop. Don't. I have a general rule of the woods in Oregon, and that general rule for the woods in Oregon is do not get out of your car at night. Yeah. Because it's not even necessarily... Just natural kind of... Yeah, like... like A cougar or... Yeah, we've got... We know. Cougar sightings. It, close. Daily, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, there was a bear sighting not far from here the other day. And there's, you know, we've had cougar sightings down at the swim place, down at... Yeah. Uh, well, they were at Katie's property. Yeah. So, you My know... crazy daughter, one shot Annie. Well, thank God, one shot Annie. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, feel free to uh, join us on, at our Facebook group. Tell us about... Lunar Magic Tea Time. Yep. And share your cryptid stories. Or tell us about your favorite cryptid. Or tell us about your least... I don't care. Tell me all the cryptid stories. <laughs> Seriously, I, I love to hear, like, have you seen something that you can't quite explain? I pictures? want to know about it. Yeah. Do you have pictures? Oh, my gosh. If you have pictures. Sure. Oh, our email address to send me pictures, lunar at lunarmagicteatime.com. And you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, and Facebook, all of those places, Lunar Magic Tea Time. Our website is lunarmagicteatime.com. There's merch on Teespring. As always, have a magical day, and yeah, send us your pictures. We'd love to see them.